Amen. Amen. Okay, so this morning I've titled my message, Molding Your Child's Destiny. Amen. Amen. So how many of us here agree that the world that we live in today is very different from the world that our parents grew up in, or even 10 or 20 years ago? Can I have a witness? <laughs> today there's a lot of internet, I mean there's internet everywhere, there's information, lots and lots of information everywhere. You turn on the TV, there are loads and loads of information. Children are afforded a lot of liberties. They have phones, they have tablets. And worst of all, they are allowed to change their gender. Kids, five-year-olds, are telling their moms, I don't feel like I'm a girl, I don't feel like I'm a boy. I mean, these are just kids. They don't even know their left from their right. They don't know, they are now learning to regulate their emotions. And yet, look at some of the liberties that we are affording children of today. And so, I think that it's very imperative in our generation that um, we take parenting very seriously. I'm not saying that in the old parents didn't, but in our generation today, it's become more imperative that we become more deliberate and intentional in parenting. Amen. And so, I hope that by the time I'm done with today's message, we would all um, know how to, or we would learn how to shape um, our children's destiny for God's purpose. Amen. So before we get into um, the actual message, I want to read um, something little that I read or I've, I've read in the past on children's development. So the first five years of a child's life are very critical. In those first five years, the child's brain develops more and faster than at any other time in their life. And early brain development has a lasting impact on a child's ability to learn and succeed in school and life. At birth, the average baby's brain is about the quarter a size, quarter a size of, a, of an adult's brain. And then it keeps growing to about 80% of adult size by age 3 and 90% by age 5. Wow. That's incredible. That was my exact reaction. Because of this, research shows that the early years are the best opportunity for a child's brain to develop the connections they need to be healthy, capable, successful adults. The connections needed for many important higher level abilities like self-regulation, problem solving, and communication are formed in these early years or not formed. It's much harder for these connections to be formed later in life. Amen. The first time I read this, I was like, wow. I wish somebody had told me before I became a parent. I would have done things so much differently. So when I finally read this, it, it changed the way I interacted with my kids. It changed the way I brought up my second child. It was very different from the way I did with my first. It, it, I put a lot of thoughts in, into even the toys that I bought for them. When in the beginning I would buy them, you know, the flashy toys, toys that just sing, make music, I changed it. I put a lot of thought into what I bought for my kids. I bought them developmentally appropriate toys because I had read this. I had realized that I have an opportunity to mold them. I have an opportunity to leave an imprint on their life, a very lasting imprint on their lives. And so it is my prayer that um, after I have shared my message with you this morning, that we will all live with a shift in our mindsets, the same way I changed my mindset about the way I, I, I wanted to bring up my kids. 
I'm praying that after today's message, we would also have a shift in our mindsets regarding um, what we should do as parents for our kids. Amen. So my first reading is from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 to 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your hearts, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your hearts. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Amen. Amen. So right here, we have the antidote to you know, all the problems that we have in this world now. A lot of people, a lot of parents worry about their kids. They worry that when I take them to school, the teachers are going to teach them stuff that are not in line with my beliefs as a Christian. So a lot of parents worry so much. And so this right here is the antidote. The Bible says that these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. So first of all, it has to be in your heart, you the parents. It needs to be in your heart. So I'm going to enumerate a number of points. I think I have about five points that um, would help us teach our kids. So the first one is, as a mother, raise a prayer altar. So this is Mother's Day, so of course I'm going to say mother, but... This is not just for mothers, it's for, it's for fathers, it's for grandparents, it's for uncles, it's for aunties, it's for anybody who has a child in their life. It doesn't have to be a child that you have birthed. It could be your, your sister's child. It could be, you know, as long as there is a child in your life, this is a good message for you. And even if you don't have a child, maybe after this you would want to go adopt a child. So this is still a good message for you. Amen. So my first point is, raise a prayer altar at home. It's not enough to just tell your kids to pray. Kids don't learn from what we tell them to do. Most kids learn from what they see us do. That's how a lot of kids learn. And so it's good for them to see you as the mother. It's good for them to see you as a parent. It's good for them to see you as a grandparent, whoever you are, the guardian of a child. It's good for the child to see you praying. The child should be able to see you worship. The child should be able to see you have time, have your own time, your personal time with God. And that is how they are also going to learn that, oh, okay, this is what we do as a family. This is what we do as Christians. Prayer is a part of our life. When we were growing up, my mom used to wake us up every single day. At 5 o'clock, she's waking us up, she and my dad. We are up, whether you are sleepy, whatever, you need to get out of bed and then come to the living room, you're going to have our devotion. And then usually my dad would be the one to lead um, the devotion. And then when we are ending, she would call on each and every one of us to pray. She would either start from the youngest to the oldest or from the oldest to the youngest. And that's how we learned to pray. So today I want to challenge every parent here, every guardian here. Don't just, you know, tell your kids to pray. But show them how to pray. Involve them in your prayer time. Don't have a separate prayer time apart from your kids. Involve them in your prayer time. Amen. Another way that you can do this is, I know a lot of parents are busy, especially in the mornings. We are very busy. So another way you can do this is during bedtime. 
you read them your, their story, whatever you want to do, have your, your, I mean, the usual routine. And then before they go to bed, pray with them. Find a simple prayer line that they can repeat over and over again. And then pray it with them. Something as simple as, thank you, Lord Jesus, protect me as I go to sleep. Simple. It's very simple for a child to learn. So let's raise a prayer altar at home. Amen. The second thing is to memorize scripture. Read Bible with your children and then teach them to memorize scriptures. I mean, how many of us agree that it's more difficult to memorize scriptures as you grow older? There are so many things going on in your head. It's very difficult to memorize scriptures as you grow. But with kids, they are like sponges. They absorb everything you tell them. And it's so easy at this age for them to learn. It's so easy at this age for them to memorize scriptures. Some of the scriptures that I remember is from the devotions that we had when we were children. We didn't intentionally like pick a Bible and then read. But because we're always reading, because we're always having devotions with my parents, I remember some of these scriptures. They are, they are just there in my head. I just remember them. So do the same things with your kids at home. Read the Bible with them. Allow them to learn scriptures. Get meaningful scriptures. Put them in your household. So recently I was telling my husband that when we get at home, we would have scripture in every room. So that when our kids wake up, they can read the scriptures. And then, you know, every day they see the scriptures and then they are reading. And the more they read, the more they are able to memorize. Amen. So currently we have just one on our fireplace. And um, it's, it's something that I really want my kids, you know, to grow up with. And it's, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I want them to be able to grow up knowing that they can do anything, regardless of what anybody tells them, right? Because they have God on their side, they can do anything. So these are some of the scriptures that you can teach your kids. Let them memorize scriptures. When, um, um, when Jesus was confronted with the devil, he didn't have the Bible with him to go open the Bible, to go open the scriptures. But he was able to quote scriptures to him. That is how he fought off the devil. And that is how we fight in our world. And so it's important that we help our children memorize scriptures. Amen. Another thing, another thing we can do is to discipline our kids scripture amen the bible calls us to discipline kids let's not be afraid to discipline our children and usually when you say discipline the first thing that comes to people's head is punk beats no that's not what i'm talking about it's part of discipline that's but that's not what discipline is discipline just means correct your kids right it just means correct your kids so as christians one of the ways that we can do that is through scriptures amen I want to read um, a verse from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Oh, no, sorry. 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, 
thoroughly equipped for every good work. Amen. So you want your child to grow up and be complete? You want your child to be thoroughly equipped for every good work? You have the Bible. Instruct them with the Bible. Discipline them with the Bible. And so um, a, um, a practical way that you can do this is, let's say you've taught your child, um, children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. So that's a very simple scripture you can teach your child. So let's say you've taught your child, your child has memorized the scripture. And then you ask him to do something and he doesn't do it. You call him, Ayeyi, Hans. And then you, you, you ask him, what does Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 say? Get him to quote it. If he hasn't memorized it, open the Bible with him, read with him. What does Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 say? And then he would, he would recite it or he would read with you. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Okay, so what have you done? I asked you to do this. Is that being obedient? Is that what the Bible says? So that's how, you, that's how you discipline them with the word of God. You are showing them from scripture what is right and what is wrong. Amen. Another thing the Bible says to do is to instruct. It says that all scripture is given by inspiration for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. And so you can use this word to also instruct your children. Amen. And so you take things from the world. Right now, there are a lot of things in the world that are not agreeable to our beliefs. So let's say, um, we could talk about gender fluidity, right? That's what people are, that's what they are, they are teaching in, in, in schools these days. But then you teach your child that God created man in his own image. God created them male, and female and this is what makes a male a male this is what makes a female a female god designed us in this way and we don't get to choose what we want to be we don't get to choose the gender we want we are born with it so you teach them from the word that this is how it is done this is this is how god designed it this is how god created it. you teach them that genesis 1 1 god is the one who created the heavens and the earth because they are going to go to school and they're going to tell them something different. They're going to tell them that the world came out of... Um, they're going to teach them about the Big Bang Theory, right? These are not things you believe in. So go into the Word and at a very early age, instruct them with the Word. Amen. And then as you do this, you are teaching them that they are different from the world. You are teaching them that even though we live in this world, we are different. We abide by different principles. We abide by different rules. And what are those rules? They come from the word of God. You teach them that the word of God is the ultimate thing that we live by. Amen. And so as they grow up, when they are confronted with decisions, they also learn to go to the word because that's what you've taught them, right? You've taught them that when there's an issue, we go into the word and we find out what the word says about this issue. And so when they go out into the world, that's exactly what they are going to do. If a friend tells them that they should lie, what are they going to do? They're going to go into the scriptures. What does the word say about this? The word of God says that I am the righteousness of God. As the righteousness of God, I cannot lie. I'm, I am not at liberty to lie. And so I can't do this. This thing is not in line with my nature as a child of God. And so they don't even have to come to you to come find out what is the right thing and what is the wrong thing. They already know. They can go into the scripture. You've taught them that. Go into the scripture and learn for yourself. Amen. Amen. And then when you read 2 Timothy, um, just the verse before, chapter 15, it says, I mean verse 15, it says, And that from your childhood you have known the holy scriptures, 
which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. Amen. It says, and that from your childhood. So that's, that's the best place to start from their childhood. The Bible says that train up a child in the way he should go. It is a train up an adult. It is very difficult to train an adult. There's, there's a proverb or there's a saying that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. It's the, same with, it's the same with human beings. If you want to be able to mold your child, if you want to be able to leave a lasting imprint on their lives, if you want to be able to shape their destiny, you start from childhood, the day they are born. In fact, research shows that you should start talking to your kids whilst they are still in the womb and that they are able to listen, they are able to hear. And that when such kids, when they come out and their mom speak, they are able to identify that this is my mom because they've been hearing their voice over and over again. So it is good to start speaking to your children right from the womb. You teach them that Jesus is Lord. You teach them, you know, the things, your core convictions, the things that you believe in. Recently, I was listening to a man of God and he was talking about five things that as a parent, you should leave for your kids. And you would think that the first one would be what? Money, cars, stuff like that, you know, an inheritance. Because the Bible says that a wise person leaves an inheritance for his children's children, right? But the first thing that he talked about was convictions. Say that this is one of the things that you should be able to pass on to your children, your beliefs, your convictions. Amen. Because these are the things that shape a human being. These are the things that shape your thoughts. These are the things that determine how you think, how you live your life. Amen. And so let's not leave these things for, you know, for the governments. Let's not leave it for the teachers. Let's not leave it for anybody. It's, it's just too important to leave it for anybody else. You have to do it for yourself. Amen. And then um, the other thing I want to talk about is, well, I did mention this, right? But um, it's necessary for, for you to let them know their identity. A, a lot of, I mean, these days we are seeing a lot of people with identity crisis, right? They don't know who they are. And, and it's exactly what is leading to people wanting to change the agenda and all of these um, other things that we are seeing. So teach your kids from the word who they are. Let them know that we are the Entes, we are the Menses, we are the Simons. This is what we do. This is how we live. Let them attach some godliness to, to their surname, right? So that they know that this is how we behave. This is where we come from. We are children of God. We are the righteousness of God. And by doing this, you are teaching them again to separate them from the world. Amen. Amen. And so I also want to talk about how parenting is a ministry or motherhood is a ministry. We all know that it's, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy being a parent, you know, from changing diapers, breastfeeding your kids, feeding them, teaching them. It's it's a lot of work and i want to encourage all mothers i want to encourage all parents that this is ministry okay don't just think that coming to church and then being an usher um you know praying those are all good things those are parts of ministry but being a parent is also a ministry and you should you should think of it as such right and attach some importance to it as parents or as mothers, we have a unique opportunity in our children's life to shape them, to shape their lives. Amen. And so let's not take it for granted. These days when you um, go on the internet, you see a lot of people calling themselves social media influencers. 
they influence people to purchase things, right? With their with the kind of reach that they have, they are able to influence people. And so you as a mother, you should have more influence than anybody on your child. I mean, you are the first person the child gets to know when they come out, right? So as mothers, let's not take this for granted. Let's not neglect this position that we have in the, in the lives of our children. And let's use it wisely. One of the things I've been learning um, a lot these days is that um, Christianity is not just, you know, it's, 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 it's more about professing the things that you believe in. That when you believe, you speak. You know that as Christians, we, we are born in the image of God. And what does that mean? We are born in the image and likeness of God. So what does that mean? It means that the way that God behaves is the same way that we also behave. How did God create the heavens and the earth? How did God create the heavens and the earth? Anybody? He spoke. That's what God did. He spoke the world into being. And so you want to create anything in your child's life, you speak it into being. As Christians, our words are very, very powerful. They are potent. They carry a lot of power. And so you need to be careful as a parent, the kind of words that come out of your mouth concerning your kids, especially when you're angry. Be careful not to say any negative thing on your child because it, it will come to pass. Because you are the parent, it will come to pass. And so let's use this opportunity to speak life into our kids. Every day when you wake up, when you are bathing them, when you are changing their diaper, when you are driving them to school, have confessions, speak life over them. So one of the things I've been doing with my kids, I just found a simple book. I am smart, I am blessed, I can do anything. It's very simple. And then I recite this with them over and over again. Speak positive things into your child's life. Confess positive things into your child's life. There was one man of God that I heard from. He said that a closed mouth is a closed destiny. And so don't close your mouth. Open your mouth. Speak. Speak life into your children. Amen. Amen. One other thing I also want to talk about is bring your children to church. Amen. We may not have a children's service yet, but trust me. I know they are walking around playing. It looks like that's what they are doing. But they are hearing. They hear everything that we are saying. We are speaking life into them. We are planting a seed into them. That would one day grow. Amen. And finally, I want us to look at a few examples in the Bible of how women were able to shape their children's destiny. So there's... There are about two women that I want us to look at. So um, one of them is Hannah. And I want to read a little passage from Samuel. First Samuel. First Samuel chapter 1. There's 11. We all know the story of Hannah, right? How, how she, um, God closed her womb. And um, because of that, she went to cry unto the Lord. She prayed unto the Lord. And then finally, God blessed her with a child. So I want us to read um, from First Samuel chapter 1, verse 11. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maid servants and remember me and not forget your maid servants, 
but will give your maidservants a male child. Then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. Amen. She was very specific in her prayer. She asked for a male child. And then she dedicated the child even before she got the child. She told the Lord that this child is going to be yours. He's going to save you all the days of his life. And truly, what did Samuel become? Samuel became one of the greatest prophets of all times in the Bible. God really used him mightily in the Bible. When you go home, take, take some time and then read about Samuel, how the, how the Lord used him mightily. And this was all because of the words of his mom. His mom asked for a male child, and then he dedicated him to God. So when you read, when you read, it says, um, I think, first Samuel chapter 1, when you come down to 19, verses 19, he says, Then they rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord, and returned and came to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son. She asked for a son, and God gave him a son, and called his name Samuel, saying, because I, have ha- because I have asked for him from the Lord. And she put a lot of meaning, a lot of thoughts into the kind of name that she gave her son. She said, because I have asked for him from the Lord. So that's one of the things that as parents, we need to be careful about, the kind of names that we give our children. Because anytime you are calling the child, anytime you pronounce, you are pronouncing something onto that child. Whatever the meaning of the name is, that is what you are pronouncing on your child. Amen. So let's be very deliberate in the kind of names that we give our children. Verses 21. Now the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But, but Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, Not until the child is weaned, then I will take him that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. So Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only let the Lord establish his word. Then the woman stayed and nursed her son until she had weaned him. Now when she had weaned him, she took him up with her, with three bulls, one ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. Then they slaughtered a bull and brought the child to Eli. She said, And she said, O oh my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore, this is the part I want us to listen to. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worship the Lord there. Amen. She gave her child back to the Lord, just as she had promised. She dedicated her child to the Lord. And she said, as long as he lives, as long as he lives, he belongs to God. This is another thing we can learn from Hannah. Let us dedicate our children to the Lord. For as long as they live, they are for the Lord. Tell that to God that this my child, he is yours. He belongs to you. He is for you. Use him for whatever you want. And then speak life unto your children. Amen. Amen. So those are, um, how many things did I mention? I meant, So we talked about the naming, right? How it's important to name, give the right name to your children. And then we talked about dedication. Dedicating your kids 
to the Lord. Amen. Amen. And then it also talked about how she weaned. It says that she kept the child, nursed the child. And then when she weaned him, that's when she took the child to the house of the Lord. We all know about Eli's sons, right? Eli had two sons. And how wayward they were. Even though Hannah was taking her child to um, Eli's, you know, to the house of the Lord, Eli's home. There was a difference between Samuel and Eli's sons. And I, I don't know if um, Eli's sons had a mother. I don't know. But it seems one of the things that was different between Samuel and Eli's sons was that Eli's sons, at least there is no mention of a mother in the Bible, right? There's no mention of a mother. So that's one of the different things. Something that shaped um, Samuel's life was the fact that he had a mother. A mother who taught him that, look, I have dedicated you to God. You are for the Lord all the days of your life. This is who you are. And this is who you will be. I'm sure she spoke into the child of this life. So when you read about ancient um, you know, history, the manuscripts, they show that um, the Hebrews, they weaned their child from anywhere between two to four years. I mean, the Bible doesn't tell us when um, Hannah weaned her child, but um, we can infer that it was probably age three, right? Anywhere from two to four. And she had her child for these at least three years. And then during these three years, she was able to speak life into her child. She was able to teach her child that you are different. You are separated unto the Lord. You are holy. And so even though Samuel grew up in a different place, Samuel grew up with um, Eli, he was very different from Eli's sons. right? And I believe that this is one of the reasons why Samuel was different. It's because her mom took the time within those first three years of the, of the boy's life. She took her time to speak words into her, into her son's life. She took her time to tell her child who he is. She took her time to let him know that you are different and you are separated unto the Lord. Amen. The other person that I want us to look at is Moses. So we are not going to read for the sake of time. We are not going to go into all the details. But most of us know about the story of Moses. How he was born during a time that um, all male children were supposed to be killed. But her, her, his mother his mother did something very interesting. He didn't allow his child to be killed. Instead, after she had kept him for about three months and then she could no longer do it, she put him in a basket and then put her on the river now very strategic where she knew that um pharaoh's daughter was going to be you know taking her bath and then she put her um, her, her son there and then commanded her daughter to stay there and keep an eye over um, her son and then when the woman when pharaoh's daughter saw um the baby what did he what did she do she picked up the she knew very well that the child was a hebrew and she i don't know how um, Miriam was able to, you know, just go into Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's daughter's presence and let and tell her that, oh, I know a woman who can nurse this baby for you. Isn't God amazing? She left her baby, you know, that, that would be very traumatic for any woman, any um, mother, that after giving birth to your child, you, you have to let your child go. Just three months. It's, it's very painful. Even when you still have your kids and, you know, you are going back to work. After you nurse your children and then you have to return back to work. It becomes a lot of, like, for me, when, when I was doing the same with my son, I was like, oh, my God. I don't want to go back to work. I was rethinking. I was like, do I even want to do this thing? Do I still want to have a career? I just want to take care of my kids, right? And I'm sure every woman has gone through that some points in their lives when they had kids. 
So this is what, so that's exactly what um, Moses' mother did. And God being so good, she got the chance to take care of her child again until she finally weaned him. Again, the Bible doesn't tell us how long Moses stayed with, with his mom. But like I said, Hebrew, according to Hebrew tradition, they usually um, weaned their kids between two and four years. So again, Moses' uh, mother had this child for probably just the first three years of his life. But she was able to put something into the child. She was able to let the child know that, look, listen, you are a Hebrew. You're going to grow up in Pharaoh's house, but you are a Hebrew. This is who you are. This is your destiny. This is what God has called you to be. And then I want us to look at another woman in Moses' life, Pharaoh's daughter. So Pharaoh's daughter wasn't the one who birthed Moses, right? And yet she raised up Moses. The Bible says that she had compassion on the child. So that's one of the traits of motherhood, right? So I don't want you to think that because you haven't pushed a baby into the world, because you haven't carried a baby, you are not a mother. If you've had compassion on a child, you qualify to also be a mother because that's one of the number one traits of a mother, compassion. And that's exactly what um, Pharaoh's daughter did. She had compassion on Moses. And then she, she could have easily, you know, taken the baby to her dad to kill her because that was, it was her dad who made the decree, right, to kill all Hebrew children. She could have easily done that, but she didn't do that. She kept the baby. She defied her, her, her father's um, orders. And then she kept the baby and um, raised up the baby as her own. I don't know if Pharaoh ever knew that the child was a Hebrew, but they were grooming him to be the next Pharaoh. But I'm sure that she, um, um, Pharaoh's daughter also taught Moses that he was a Hebrew. This is where you come from. You may be living in the palace, but this is where you come from. And we see that in the Bible um, when Moses saw um, two Hebrews fighting. What did he do? He separated them. He told them not to fight. But when he saw a Hebrew and an Egyptian fighting, what did he do? He killed the Egyptian. I mean, he did it the wrong way. That's not what he should have done. But it seems that destiny was calling him. That this is exactly what he was going to do. He was going to deliver the Hebrew from the Egyptians. Amen. Amen. And so what am I trying to say this morning? That as mothers, we have a unique position to, to influence our children's life. We have a unique position to shape and, you know, mold our children's destiny. Just as Hannah was able to mold her child's destiny, just as Moses was, um, Moses's mother and Pharaoh's daughter were able to mold Moses's destiny, we are we we have a unique position in our child's life to mold their destiny, to shape their destiny. And so, let us not take it for granted. Let us not leave this in the hands of the government. Let us not leave this in the hands of our children's teachers. Don't leave it for anybody. It is too important to relegate to anybody. It is, this is something that has a lasting impact. It has eternal rewards. One day, God is going to ask you about it. I gave you this child. So let's remember that the children are gifts from the Lord. They are not ours. They don't belong to us. They are for God. They are gifts to us, all right? But they are just a loan unto us. And so it is wise that as God has given them to you, that you also loan them back. You give them back unto the Lord, just as Hannah did. Recently, I was listening to um, one woman of God, um, Lisa Bivier, and then she was talking about how she would spend time when her kids were asleep. She would spend time cleaning 
you know, her towels, the grouts, because they were always dirty, and then she would spend time, and she was always exhausted. And then one day, the Holy Spirit told her that, you know, when you get to heaven, I'm not going to reward you for this. I'm not going to reward you for all the time that you spent cleaning your grouts. And so as parents, as mothers, I know that sometimes we want to keep our house clean. These are all good things. We want to give our children the best of education. These are all good things. But the number one thing, the best thing that we can leave for our kids is to let them know the Lord, is to dedicate them to the Lord, is to speak words of life into them. Amen. Because one day when we go to heaven, when we stand before the throne, God is going to ask us what we did with the kids that he gave us. Amen. Shall we pray? Dear Lord, we thank you this morning for what you have taught us. We thank you, O oh God, that as we leave here, we are going to leave with these words in our hearts that children are a gift from you, that children are very important to you, that being a mother is a ministry, and that we are going to take it, we are not going to take it lightly. We are going to be very deliberate and very intentional in the way that we raise our kids. We are going to raise an altar of prayer in our homes. We are going to be an example for our kids to see. We are going to allow our children see us pray. We are going to allow our children see us read the word. We are going to memorize scriptures with our children. We are going to speak life unto them, speak words into them, and get shape their destiny. Get them to be who you have called them to be. In the mighty name of Jesus, have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen.